Disclaimer! Joss, Jules, and Nevermore are not professional therapists. They will be sharing their personal experiences and advice, but this is in no way a substitute for professional help. There is also a good chance of swearing, tears, and triggering conversations, so listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slaying Demons. This is a podcast about facing your fears in life and being the best version of yourself. I am Jocelyn Moffat, and joining me tonight, as always, are my fantastic co-hosts, Jules and Nevermore. How are you ladies this evening? Hello! Hi! Doing really good. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I'm doing good. I had, a, I had a migraine earlier, so I took my medication and I let, laid down, and then I was like... Migraine haze. So then I ate bad food and now I feel better. Excellent. I find that bad food is a solution to way too many of my problems in life. But yeah. uh, we are glad that you are here. Guys, you you almost missed out. You almost didn't get an episode of Slaying Demons because Jules had a migraine sad face. But uh, we are going to tear you away from Warcraft for probably about 60 minutes or so. So I hope that that's OK, because I know I love talking to these two wonderful ladies. And last week was a whole lot of fun. We got some really, really great feedback. You guys were wonderful in terms of just like all the positivity surrounding what for us was a very kind of put ourselves out there emotional kind of a show. So um, thank you for being so wonderful and such a great audience. I mean, we should have known it was going to be wonderful and a great audience, but you know, you never really know when you put yourself out there on the internet and talk about all the things that are deep down in your insides. <laughs> Step one. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, those of you who, who aren't listening live, you, you are missing out on Nevermore's pre-show. It's just <laughs> pre-show is just the Nevermore show. She she goes there all the time. It's pretty wonderful. Um, but uh, last week we did we did run a little bit long, a little bit longer than I thought we were going to. And uh, this week we actually have some listener feedback on top of our own personal demons. So I think we should dive right in. Um, I have a feeling that Jules is going to be the uh, super serious, heady, emotional one this week. So uh, I think possibly uh, nevermore. We might start with you. Is that is that OK? That is totally fine. <laughs> All right. So what is the demon that you are facing this week? The demon that I'm facing this week, other than the obvious like weight stuff, which we've talked about, but that hasn't really been an issue other than I'm still not on track with that completely yet. Uh, still trying to get in the habit of I'm doing good with choices, but I need to work on better like prepping things and stuff like that. Um, and eating out still struggle. But anyway, so that's my oh. little mini demon that's constantly like on your shoulder or whatever. So uh, that but is my big one, one has been like the anxiety stress stuff, uh, especially with work. Um, and I've actually like little things have helped. Uh, the stuff that I did organize seems to be working for me a little bit more, especially the paperwork organizing. Uh, it's been a huge difference. And just being vocal to my boss um, about, you know, like repeating what he's telling me to do. And cause he'll just constantly keep bringing more and more things. So I have to kind of explain to him like, okay, I'm working on this and this, and then I'm going to do this next. <laughs> and then that way I'm, you know, I'm saying it out loud so that he's actually listening. And then I'm not like stacking it on top of myself and like worrying a ton about it. Um, but I've done way, way, way better with that, uh, this week. So, good. um, that's really good. Um, the other anxiety thing kind of that we were talking about last week a little bit was, um, being scared of like where to go and um, like driving stuff like that. And how I was proud of Jules. Cause I mean, <laughs> she moved to a whole different town. She's moved a couple times. Like she's dealt with a lot. Um, and to me, that's kind of like, it seems silly, but it's kind of inspiring because I mean, just driving down towards like our big airport in Phoenix scares the crap out of me. Like I yeah. just, you know, not knowing where to turn. And like, if I need to go like direction wise somewhere, I have to one Google map it. Two, if it's somewhere Ben knows where it is, I want to know, like, like I have photographic memory, basically. So, like, if I can't see where I'm going, that's what scares me. Um, so I'll be like, okay, well, if I see this exit, like, do I get over two lanes or do I stay where I am? So he has to kind of direct me in that kind of a sense, which is a little weird. Um, but I've done better with both of those issues this week. Um, 
so the anxiety at work has really lessened, which is helpful to me. I mean, just mentally and like at the end of the day, uh, you just you don't feel as worn out, I guess. I mean, I'm still stressed. Don't get me wrong. Like it's, I mean, that's just going to, I think, forever be a thing. And I have to kind of deal with that um, and pick my battles. But I haven't had to like live in my little pushpin spot <laughs> that I tweeted out. Um, I, I saw that tweet. I that. saw that tweet. <laughs> that was really, really cute. Um, and I think you're talking about just driving different places in your anxiety is something that I can 100% identify with. And and it's really funny because I never used to be like that. Um, I had my own car from the time I was, I guess, probably about 20. I think I got my own car and I had a vehicle for a really long time. Um, I actually had a standard. I drove my the car that I drove was manual and like I, I drove everywhere like just everywhere all the time I you know like I had no problems whatsoever new cities new towns whatever I love driving driving was a really big thing for me and as soon as I stopped because I moved to a city where I didn't need to have a car and that was part of the choice of the city um I did public transit. I walked a lot of places. I stopped driving. And now I find I'm like, I'm terrified because it's not something that I do all the time. And Matt's car, the reason I mentioned the manual transmission thing is that Matt's car, the car that I have access to, is a manual transmission. And every time I go into it, it's almost like I'm almost hyperventilating because I'm like, oh my God, it's on my car. What happens if I break it? What happens if I get in an accident? What happens if I'm on a hill and then I can't get the car going and I roll backwards? or something or I stall it what happens if I stall it in the middle of an intersection and it's like all of these things which actually kind of plays in a little bit to my demon this week but all of these things are just constantly going through my head and it's creating this insane anxiety when it comes to essentially leaving the house because we don't live in a place where I can easily leave the house without a car. Um, there's like a Tim Hortons that's like a five minute walk down the road. But other than that, we live in a very um, like we're in a subdivision. So it's very residential. And so I, I don't have a whole lot of options. And so I just don't leave. And that's a really that's not a good habit to be in. Well, and it I'm gets worse, right? Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. How you mentioned that you stopped, you know, and then you when you go to do it now, I'm actually wondering if that's kind of a thing, because when we go places, Ben drives us like mm -hmm. I drive myself to work. You know, I drive to the store or whatever to get groceries, things like that to my mom's house. But like it's all local, like it's not far away. So anytime we do long stuff like going to Nurtacular or BlizzCon, Ben drives every time and I usually fall asleep, whatever. <laughs> but I'm wondering if it is like one, because you don't, you stop doing it. And two, I wonder if there's a point like between like, you know, being like a teen, like early, like twenties. No like fear. Our age now. <laughs> yeah. And not, well, yeah, like kind of, or just the fact that you think about things more, like if I get in an accident, like this could happen. You know what I mean? Like you understand like the consequences more, mm -hmm. like you could get hurt. It could be expensive. You know, you could get an accident <laughs> stuff where you don't maybe think about it when you're like younger. Cause like, I remember going yeah. on like blind dates and stuff like where I remember the date was like downtown and things like that. I'm like, how the hell did I get there? Like, I don't remember. I'm like, did I drive myself? That just seems weird. Oh, and like some guy, like when I was seeing him, like flew out here and I went to the airport to get him. Like granted it's like at midnight, you know? So that's not as like crazy busy, whatever. Like when I had to go to get Ben and by the airport, but when I went to get Ben, like he had gotten in a fender bender and I was like bawling. Like you think that I would have been in the accident because I was so freaked out about having to loop around the airport. So I'm wondering like the time difference. Does that affect something? Like, like yeah, like somebody's, crazy? I don't know. Like somebody's yes. age and, and where you are in your life. Yeah. that I think that absolutely would factor in because I know, you know, there's been times where either someone is relying on me or it's just, I'm relying on me and, and I am my only person. And, and so if I get in an accident and I can't 
insert thing here, cook, grocery shop, like go to work, whatever, whatever it happens to be. It's just like this paralyzing anxiety and fear now that I have tied to driving the car. And it's it's so funny because it's so not me. And it's one of those things where I just look at myself and I'm like, how did I get here? Which kind of leads a little bit to Jules, what you were talking about last week about the whole like, who am I not recognizing yourself And all of that kind of stuff is just like, how did I end up going from the girl who couldn't wait to jump in the car and zip around in her like sporty little manual with the music blaring, like being a little asshole? Like, how did I go from that to, you know, not wanting to drive myself from the house to Shoppers Drug Mart to get shampoo, which is like literally probably four blocks away. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just yeah. these crazy, crazy changes that I find that I, I'm going through now. And and the anxiety is definitely it's not going away. It's getting much, much worse. It, we evolve as we get older, we evolve and our priorities change and our outlook on life changes. You know, just as I mean, none of us are parents, but if we were parents, obviously our outlooks would change significantly (laughs) because you see it through different lenses. And it's the same thing as you age. You know, you're seeing things through a different lens. Now, there isn't anybody who's going to bail you out with insurance. You have to pay for it, Mm -hmm. you know. And it's all latent. It's all latent that we have in our brains. It, you don't even have the consciousness of it. But you know that if I were to go out and I were to get into an accident and something would happen or I got lost and didn't know where I was and I was afraid and someone could come up to me and I would be I would. And what would I do? You know, it's so much easier to stay complacent and just say <laughs> stay home, uh, some, <laughs> stay home. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and, you know, when you nevermore, when you talked about, you know, being proud of me, I'm terrified every single time I go out to. But I push myself to do it. Like I, I, you know, I've been driving in downtown Minneapolis when people are inviting me to go do something and it scares the shit out of me, but I do it because, and I'm nervous. Like I'll, I'll be just like nervous driving and just, you know, hoping that I find my way, hope I don't get lost. Um, the only thing I can say is that, you know, in order to overcome the fear, it's, it's called, um, it's, it's called like exposure therapy where you go and you do it in the face of the fear that you have. So if like you're afraid of spiders, like if you have like this complete and utter- <laughs> no jewels, there is no getting over fear of spiders ever. <laughs> that is just a thing that exists. And there's no, there's no getting over that. Choose a different phobia. <laughs> Cause I don't want to hear I... whatever your example is going to be about like locking myself in a room with a spider or something. <laughs> Fuck that. Move on. <laughs> and you tell me to get in the pool with a shark or whatever. We're <laughs> I think no, we, need see... to, we need to make a note of a phobia episode. <laughs> I know, right? Well, the thing, the thing about it is like if you're if it was a crippling phobia that you could not function in life because there was a shark in your I mean it's not going to happen, you know. <laughs> and you know, you've got somebody to kill the fucking spiders. So it's not a big deal. <laughs> Talk about someone who's single and there's like a goddamn spider in the wall and the only one is going to kill it. God damn it. <laughs> So, you know, there's that part of it. But what my my point being is that basically, you know, in order to to face your fears, you've got to put yourself in the in the the sight of it. And, um, you know, so I I'm stubborn and I refuse to let my fear drive me. So I that's why I do it. But I have the same feelings as both of you do. And it's hard. Like, I hate feeling that like the anxiety and like that crippling fear and, you know, to the point where you're in tears almost like Nevermore was, mm-hmm. you know, it sucks. And the only way that I know how to face that demon is just to stare it in the face and just give it the finger. And that seems to be exactly what Nevermore, what you've done with your work and, you know, like acknowledging that you get stressed and anxious by, you know, a lack of organization and everything else. And so taking that anxiety and instead of like letting it control you and just sitting at your desk and staring at your push pins and, you know, kind of (laughs) collapsing in on yourself, because I know that's definitely what I do is, you know, I just I really internalize everything and I just say, okay, well, I can go an extra two weeks without shampoo who needs shampoo like i'll just stay here until you know like <laughs> either point, i randomly I find have an intervention <laughs> i think matt would be messaging us and being like please talk to her <laughs> please 
<laughs> oh man, that's very, very, very likely. <laughs> but um, <laughs> on the note of just anxiety, uh, my demon this week actually is um, kind of along the same vein. Um, something happened to me today because I, re- I really wasn't sure. Um, I, we talked a little bit uh, last week about organization. I thought that was going to be my demon this week, and then um, I wasn't. I just didn't really know what I what I wanted to talk about. And then something happened today that kind of brought one of my uh, I guess personality shortcomings <laughs> to light is another good way of uh, putting it. But uh, everyone knows, I think if you've been following me, following my channel, following my discord, um, I have roommates. I, I live with my wonderful boyfriend, but we live in the basement of a friend's house and they just welcomed a beautiful baby boy into the world. And so I was up there talking to my roommate, Leanne, today, and, you know, she was just, you know, we were playing with the baby and he's being super cute. And she just kind of like offhandedly mentioned like, oh, so, yeah, when you guys move out, like that'll be it'll be nice to have some space in the basement and, you know, Christmas and somewhere to put all the presents we're going to get because Grayson's just got so much stuff. And but and I was just like panic rising, panic rising because I was oh, just yeah. like, And this is, I think, one of my big character flaws is I worry so much all the time about everything. And Matt is wonderful because he's very understanding. And, you know, like I didn't say anything when I came back downstairs because literally I'm just I'm having these conversations in my head about like, oh, my God, now, like. I'm going to tell Matt that we have to move and then he's going to want to break up with me. And then I'm going to have to like find out a place and move on my own. And like, it doesn't make logical sense. We have a wonderful relationship. We are very happy, but I'm just like, oh my God, change is happening. And these are all the bad things that could possibly come out of this change. And so therefore those are all the bad things that are going to happen to me. And I have to then figure out how I'm going to have all these conversations with all of these people. And then once I have all those conversations and all the bad things happen, then what am I going to do? And this is how I'm going to have to try to deal with all of this stuff. And I'm just going to go crawl into bed <laughs> yeah like, I are disaster thinking the same we are like doomsday preppers of like the worst case scenario ever yes. and you have to like yep. know how you're gonna attack it and like fix that situation we're exactly yeah. the same it was like you guys are it was like by the time i got to the bottom of the stairs I literally had like convinced myself that I was going to have to move out tomorrow. I was going to be all alone and that Matt was going to take the cat. <laughs> like <laughs> It was like it was. And so I just didn't say anything. I had I had other shows I had to do. This is my third podcast today. So I had other shows that I had to do. So I had to thankfully focus. And but I was just like, oh, my God, I can't even talk to I, I have podcast things. I'm really busy. Don't talk to me right now because <laughs> I was afraid yeah. I was just going to go. And then sure enough when we had dinner i was just like um leanne says that maybe we might have to move out and don't break up with me okay (laughs) and he was like what (laughs) wow yeah that was what it all boiled down to no she didn't even say like she was just like you know talking about plans for the basement after we moved out and like she mentioned Christmas and I was just like that triggered the like like, yes exactly that triggered the panic because I was just like oh my god I don't have a contingency plan I don't have money saved up that I can use as like first and last month on this apartment that I'm clearly gonna have to get for myself now because you know obviously I failed in some way and that means Matt's gonna break up with me so you know like I just the you know off on these crazy tangents of like we don't have a plan and because we don't have a plan well then does that mean that I now have to talk to Matt about having plans and what if we're not ready to talk about having plans and just yeah it's <laughs> yeah. like fireworks <laughs> Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. It's, so it's hard. I mean, both of you are talking about disaster thinking, um, calamity or calamitous thinking. And it's literally just spirals. You spiral, spiral, spiral until you can't hold it anymore. And it just explodes. And it's it's terrible. It's awful. I have that same problem with a lot of things, but I I don't go to the worst possible scenario meltdown. I have to analyze it from every possible angle. I, I was going to say, it. you seem more like a logical, like, okay, stop, <laughs> yeah. breathe, and look at options, where Joss and I are totally like the blender of chaos, tornado, disaster area. Yeah. It's not to say I don't go there, but I yeah. think what I, I have, in order for me to process it, I have to look at it from, I have to obsess about it from every angle 
and analyze it until I can process it and then say, okay, so the best possible outcome here is for me to have this happen, this happen, this happen, and this happen. So, you know, so, but I'm not to say that I I just, I don't go down the, the tornado spiral, but I know what you're talking about. And, um, so the, the thing that, um, and then think about it from like Matt or Ben's perspective, like all of a sudden things are fine. And then they, you sit down in front of you and they're, and you're like, Oh my God. Yep. Like, <laughs> it happens way more than you think. And yep. he, he is actually like, I have like, first of all, he'd be like, look at me. And I'm like, no, <laughs> but he's the one who totally like calms and he's like, the chances of this happening are really slim to none <laughs> or look at it this way. You're totally going all the way over here. We only need to be like right here. That's exactly the role he plays is he just, he, he is like my safety rock or whatever, you know, where I'm like way out there and he's throwing me the buoy to be like, okay, <laughs> like it's calm down. I mean, that is like the grounding force. Yes. In your relationship. And Ben is your grounding force. And so um, it's what works, but it's also very difficult sometimes for the grounding force to not be like, oh my gosh, like, what am I going to do with her? Cause she's so upset. And I don't, I didn't, I didn't make this happen and I don't know how to fix it, you know? And sometimes you just need to get it out. Right, Joss? Yeah. Like you just literally just have to go. Bleh! Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I find that uh, the amount of time it takes me to go blah has actually significantly decreased since I've been with Matt because previous Joss, because I've always been like this, this this isn't something that's new. I've definitely always been like this and previous Joss like would in some cases sit on something like this for months. And, Mm. you know, like I would just, I would uh, have all these conversations. I would imagine all of these things and I would have all these worst case scenarios. I would convince myself that that's what was going to happen. End of story. And then, you know, I would just eventually at some point, it usually would come out in a big, angry burst. Yeah. And which was really funny because all the conversations that I imagined in my head were never necessarily angry conversations. And then I ended up having very angry conversations that I hadn't thought of because, you know, usually I would imagine my first three or four sentences of like, okay, so I've been thinking about this thing and this is what happened and it's making me feel like this. But by the time I got to the point of actually having those conversations out loud, it was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? How could you not know this? Yeah. (laughs) We had lots of Skype calls too, where we Mm -hmm. would, you know, I would just let you vent. I would just (laughs) let you talk Yeah, and like get it all out. And then we would just kind of go back and forth about stuff, you know, and me too. You would listen to me, but I think that you just need a person regardless of who it is. Cause chat room brought up a good point that guys spiral too. They just don't want to admit it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, everybody has stuff like that. And I think that you just need to be able to find the person who, and it could be anybody. It could mm-hmm. be, you know, your neighbor, it could be your significant other. It could be somebody at work who just gets you and will listen and let you get it out. Yeah. You know, and you don't have to necessarily, I mean, obviously, if they're listening to you, you should probably listen to them, but <laughs> that might not necessarily be like a back and forth, you know, they might just be there to listen. They might not want to share where, you know, your other person could be somewhere else. You just kind of have to find that balance. I oh think. my God. So, I had, yeah. I had a person in a job before I left for Halifax. So it was probably about four years ago now. And, uh, and I had a person like that and she was like one of my closest friends. We were, you know, right around the same age within about a year of each other. Um, the way that my office was set up was in a, in a, I guess for you Americans, like a national park. So it was a very small office and there was like all of the older people who'd been there forever were upstairs and we were downstairs in the basement. It was just like the two of us basically in like a broom closet because like they were expanding faster than uh, the, the program could. Do- yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. It was so X-Files. <laughs> so true. Um, and the we Canadian X-Files. So you're sorry about everything. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. 
<laughs> so yeah, it was definitely one of those situations where I would talk to her and vent to her and just kind of, she knew like everything about me and not that I didn't know anything about her, but it was very much a, a one-sided type of a relationship because she just, she, um, she just had a very simple life, you know, like she she lived on a farm and she lived by herself and she didn't ever have anything going on. She didn't have any drama. Like everything was very like the most she ever vented about was like actual like work things. And then, you know, like we would have like co-venting sessions. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I had one of those people and I find I usually need one of those people and it usually can't be my partner because in I have not been able to vent to my partner basically because most of the time I just can't be open and honest with that person and I'm very lucky that now I can be and uh, so it's it's shortened my spiral by a lot and most of the time I can say crazy things to him and I know that he's not going to look at me any differently he's not gonna be like like he just knows i i'm a dork and i'm kind of crazy and that's what he signed up for so he just kind of goes what <laughs> like why would you yeah. th- okay you know what we won't go into why you think that i'll just hug you and and kind of make you feel better and okay now what is it you actually <laughs> need to talk about <laughs> yes yes i mean it's you're very lucky both of you to have uh partners that are are that way because, um, you know, and you've got to, you've got to give yourself a ton of credit because I mean, you've both said it in the past, you've spiraled, 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 not said anything for months and then just let it eat at you. And you now have, I mean, it still happens, but you know how to release the pressure valve a little bit sooner Mm -hmm. because you have a safe place to land. Mm -hmm. And so you have to give yourself credit for recognizing that and also credit to your partners for being there and able to say you're in a safe place and you could just let it out. Yeah, definitely. And that's big. Yeah. Chat, and, rooms, you know, chat rooms calling me silly and they're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you know, when you're, when you are, I mean, all three of us are, are highly emotional people. And so we have the, we have the, uh, disadvantage in our lives of being told to stop being so dramatic just walk it off or, you know, stop being such a drama queen. <laughs> All three of us have heard that. Yeah. We raised that way. <laughs> and so when we, you know, when you've been taught even latently to not say what's on your mind and just keep it in and suck it up and walk it off and all that shit. And, but it, so it's taught you that the opposite of what you, your mind and your soul needs you to do, which is mm-hmm. just literally just get it out. Yeah. And I'm relearning that too. Um, and it's, it's, it's so, it's a good thing. It's a, it's a, it's a strong thing and it's really powerful to admit it. So demon acknowledged. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You know, and, and that's part of the problem is, um, constantly worrying and this is probably another one uh but constantly worrying about what other people think of me that's that's a big one that i struggle with a lot because and and so many people say like oh you shouldn't care what other people think of you okay that doesn't make me stop (laughs) so yeah that's that's another one for another week though but thank you for acknowledging my disaster thinking and thank you for putting a name on it because now you know it's a it's a different way because I've always just looked at it as like, oh, you worry too much. You worry too much. You worry too much. But it's so much more than just worrying. Like it's it goes. It's so much worse than that in a, in a lot of cases. So, yeah, so that that is my demon this week. But Jules, I think <laughs> I, I don't even know if, if you're even ready to, to talk about slash tackle yours. But uh, I am going to give you the floor because oh, uh, you, you've had a You've had a tough week. So. I have. Um, so, um, there's going to be a bit of backstory here because I do need to explain some of it just to help understand it, but I'm going to keep it very vague to protect people Mm -hmm. behind it. Um, so I've had a really jacked up week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tarn Think Tank, my other podcast, recorded this 200th episode, uh, which was an amazing experience. And in our discussion, we talked about the letter of the week that we received from a listener was about guilt. And dealing with your guilt of actions that you've done to hurt and and, re- and I mean, in their letter, they said ruin someone's life, even though you didn't mean to. And we had this really long, really good conversation about this. And um, two days later, actually, no, a day later, um, I received a letter 
from someone who was very, very, very hurtful um, and, and purposefully hurtful to me. Um, and um, they, they actually apologized. They listened to the episode and they heard what I said and heard what my partner said and, um, and said, I felt like you were talking directly to me, even though I wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, I hadn't been thinking of this person in my mind. But just some some backstory about what happened in vague terms. This was a very, very close friend uh, who just um, there was a misunderstanding and they interpreted some of my actions in a way that was very negative. And instead of talking to me about it, they refused to listen and they refused to have a conversation. And And I lashed out. And and publicly afterwards lashed out publicly on social media uh, really badly, like, and, and it went on for months, um, sub subtweeting and attacks on my character. Um, it, 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 like it was really scary because this person knew very, very personal stuff about me, knew my, like where I lived, my family's name, you know, they knew all of this stuff and it was just, it was vicious. It was awful. And it went on for months and I couldn't say anything. I couldn't do anything. I just had to endure it. And I got into a position where um, I tried to address it with the person and said, look, I, you're, you need to stop this. We need to talk about it. And they didn't, didn't acknowledge it. So I blocked them. I blocked them from everything that they could reach me on, social media, Skype, the games, everything. <laughs> like there was no way this person could reach me anymore. So I finally just cut them out and, and it's eventually stopped. Mm -hmm. Uh, It took about three months for it to stop. And, but the pain and the anger. Three months past the initial event or three months past the blocking? Three months past the initial event. Uh, When I did the blocking, it got even worse. Yeah. And, um, because now what happened was, is that people were sending me messages saying, why is this person saying these horrible things about you? And I was like, I don't see it anymore i blocked them and mm-hmm. you know they went they got mad that yeah. i blocked them <laughs> obviously because the, yeah i'm not I, so, I again don't want to go into too, too much detail but yeah um, no yeah but they but, uh i i imagine anyone in that position that is so angry and lashing out so hard wants to inflict pain back and wants to be heard and so once you take that ability away from them um it's it's just going to escalate yeah and then they sent their friends after me um it was bad it was really really bad and um so the stuff that resulted from that i was um i was angry i was scared i was i felt violated i felt um you know, just betrayed. like, why is this happening? Betrayed. My trust was broken, you know? And so after I figured at this point, after it all kind of ended and it finally went away, I just put it aside and just said, I just need to deal with this and move on. And so I did. And I never expected to hear from them again. Mm-hmm. Never, ever, ever expected to hear from them again. And they sent an email to the show apologizing specifically for actions that they had done. And just said, if I could take it all back, I would. And I'm getting help for my, for my issues. And so, and I, so I struggled with, um, what do I do? You know, because frankly, I was so fucking angry. And hurt. <laughs> like, I was so angry and so hurt. I didn't deserve the treatment that I received, no matter how bad they must have perceived my actions to be no one deserves to be treated that way. Mm-hmm. And I can't fathom of somebody who does that. So, um, so I, I got this email late at night on Friday and I just, it, it everything just came rushing back. I was like sobbing, you know, just like, I couldn't, I don't even know what to do with myself sobbing, you know, because that hurts, man. Well, yeah, I push it away and you go, um, okay, now you just brought this all back because you want retribution for your actions. And what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to be Mother Teresa here? <laughs> and well, you, know, you, you put it all you put it all in you. a in a box when when someone it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter who they are in your life. When when someone betrays your trust like that and hurts you that badly, we as people as humans can't do anything else other than 
stick it in a box because no one has the capacity to deal with something like that instantly. You know, we, we need to either push it down and forget about it or deal with it piece by piece, little by little. And when someone kind of rushes that process or brings that back once you've already moved on, it can be extremely shocking. I think is it, it feels like, you know, when you have pushed it aside one way or another, whether that's pushing it down or dealing with it or whatever, but once, once it's no longer in your field of vision, we'll call it, you know, like once, once you can't see it in front of you every day, once you're not thinking about it all of the time, then when it does come back, usually for reasons that have nothing to do with you, usually it's from the other person and and they're coming back to it and saying like, this is now important to me and you have to hear me. It's like someone walks up to you and smacks you in the face and it's just like, I'm not in a place right now where I want to hear this. I'm not in a place yeah. right now where I can deal with this. Like this again is another selfish action. And it's really hard yeah. to exactly like you say, do you become Mother Teresa? Can you even do that? Did or yeah. you know, do you get angry and hurt all over again? And I did. I did. I mean, it was like it was literally like it it just happened again. Mm-hmm. Um, because I remembered everything that had happened. And I talked to friends about it. I talked to you guys about it. I, you know, it was just like, here's, and then, um, I, you know, I couldn't sleep and I didn't know what to do. And I just said, you know, the only thing I know what to do, I really know what to do is just write. And so I sat down in front of my computer the next morning after sleeping for maybe a couple of hours. And I just started to write and I let the words start to dictate what it is I was going to say. I didn't know. I didn't know (laughs) what I was going to do. And, um, I wrote first, I wrote out what this person's actions did to me. And, you know, because I think they needed to understand it. They didn't Mm -hmm. really claim responsibility for what they had done and know what it was. And I felt like they needed to know. I was just going to ask you if that was part of it or if it was just, you know, bringing it up their side of it, you know, seeing it as, oh, yeah, I kind of did this and I'm working on it. Versus acknowledging the like start of it, you know, yeah. I was wondering that. Yeah, well, because and, I know, you know whenever they- whenever I've been in that situation, like where where I've been the person in the wrong, um, oftentimes I I really don't know the impact of my actions. Like I know I've been a shitty person. I know I've you know said or done something that I shouldn't have. But you know, like you don't always understand like the fallout from what you've done. Yeah. Like yeah, I could say Jules, you're a bitch, and I hate your face. And yeah. you know, I know that I've said that, and that's a bad thing, and I shouldn't say that. But then you know, I don't. Don't know what Jules does in the next couple of days following that. You know, she can right. go home and be really upset and do or say something that she shouldn't. Or you know, there's always this fallout on the other end of that that you you never really know as the as the wrong party, like as the, as the aggressor, as the person who's done the bad thing. Even though you know what your bad thing is, you have no idea what happened on the other end of that. So, you know, like just narrative stops. Yes, exactly. When the bad thing happens, then that's the bad thing. And that's the end of it for you. But that is not the end of it for the victim. No, it's not. And so I wrote out what it was that I said, this is what I want you to understand that this is this is what happened when you, because you didn't see it. I I didn't say anything. I didn't fight back. You never saw what your actions did. This is what happened to me. I feared for my safety. I was anxious and afraid. I lost days of sleep. I cried for months, you know, just stuff. I mean, I laid it out there and said, this is what your actions did. And I said, I never expected that you would lash out so vicious, viciously at me. You were my friend. I cared about you. Um, you trusted him. I trusted you. And I just said, you know, and then I, I kept writing and my words started to turn. And I said, I'd also never expected that I would ever receive an apology from you. And, and cause, because let's be honest guys, how many times in your life have you been hurt by someone and you say, I just wish this person would just realize what they did and take responsibility oh. for it. it doesn't happen. I was, I thought you were going to take that in a whole different direction. I thought you were going to say like cease to exist or something like cause okay. I've definitely, <laughs> definitely done that once or twice. <laughs> like right. Just hoping that someone would just no longer just be going you. to the extreme. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, 
I I have never gone as far, even though there's a couple of people who have been in my life previously who probably deserved it. But I've never gone as far to actually like wish somebody dead. But I have definitely gone as far as to wish someone just no longer was there. Like just not not anywhere. Just just, you know, like never been born. That sort of a thing. Like I, I have definitely gone down that road. And that's, that's what I thought you were going to say. And I was like, mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, wait, that, that wasn't yeah. Jules's point. <laughs> Jules is a much better person than Joss for the record. <laughs> It was it was really I mean, there were times during that whole ordeal where I was just like, I wish that you when is this ever going to end? I wish you would just go away. I wish you would never come back. I wish you would just go somewhere else and move on and leave me alone. And, um, you know, I I, I said I said, I, I thank you for giving me the opportunity to let go of my pain, you know. Cause this was really hard. It was really hard and it was very, very stressful. And, you know, just remembering what happened. And I just, I wish them, I wished him well. I said, you know, I hope that your journey takes you in a path where you can learn from this and take the lessons from it. And I wish you peace. And then I've cried for two days (laughs) because it's been so hard to, you know, and this is getting to my demon. My demon is to let go of my anger for people who have wronged me because I That's don't a big know. One. I don't know how to not like I can't treat someone like that. I cannot in my mind process what it would take for me to viciously attack somebody else because I was in so much pain, you know. And that is hard for me. So I get very angry and I get very spiteful about people who do that because they don't know how to process their pain and they don't understand how to make themselves feel better. And so they have to harm others in order to get themselves to feel better. And I can't process that. I am just too much of a soft heart or an empath or whatever it is because I feel people's pain Mm. and I don't know how they can do that. So this has been so hard and it's been a demon that's been in my, in my stable for a long time. And I made a really good step this week to not to forget. I'll say (laughs) I didn't forgive him, but I accepted, I accepted his actions as an apology. Well, you, the thing is now you're, you're kind of on the path to truly moving on because, you know, now you've had that kind of final interaction, you know, you can actually know that it's all over because I know that that's something that, you know, when I've had truly bad experiences and, and people who've treated me badly and where I have, you know, feared for my safety and, and it has happened in the past. So to take those negative experiences and actually be able to put a pin in it. Like, okay, he's sorry. He's no longer out there in, in a, in a threatening way that alone is just, it's a huge weight off your shoulders. So, you know, to take that first step, because I don't think that you can really take the first step to, to moving on until the threat is removed. Personally, I know I can't. So yeah, now you're kind of able to say like, all right, this is something that I don't need to be thinking about all, you know, even in the back of your mind all the time, you know, like I don't need to worry about is he subtweeting, is he attacking, is he whatever, is something that I've done going to then set him off again. Um, just being able to say like, okay, he he's recognized it and he's basically he's at the point where he's ready to move on. Now, yeah. you know, like I can start that healing as well instead of the fake moving on I guess like the (laughs) yeah like you just you just put it in a box like you Mm -hmm. said and you move um I mean just the action of talking about this very vaguely is terrifying to me still Mm -hmm. because I don't know I mean I'm taking a major risk by actually I mean I'm not identifying this person yeah um you know people who have followed my path for a while may be able to figure it out Mm -hmm. um, because it was done publicly. I just never (laughs) responded to it. Yeah. And so, um, but even just talking about it publicly is a risk Mm -hmm. for me. It could bring it back. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I felt like 
I have a safe enough place now with the acceptance of actions that I don't think that will happen. But if it does, then it happens. Yeah. You know, I'm tired of being afraid. Um, cause that's partly what it was. I was afraid. I was mm-hmm. afraid that if I said anything to anybody publicly, that it would just get worse. Yeah. And, and then you live in fear and, you know, I, there's a part of me that I can't discuss, but I live in fear every day, mm-hmm. you know, and it's terrible. It sucks. So oh, this part is so bad. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You know, I just, it's, it's terrible and it sucks and I can't, I can't talk about it. I'm not allowed to, Mm -hmm. and it's awful. It's terrible. So to know that I can actually speak about this is really good. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, demon acknowledged, honey. (laughs) Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) I told you guys it was going to be tough. Yeah. You've done so well. (laughs) Yeah. And you know. Like I said, I've cried a lot in the last couple of days. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's sometimes you just need to get it out. Yes. And you, and I think you've done a great job. And I think <laughs> I think uh, the chat room is letting me know we need a new emote. We need some sort of Joss hug emote. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> oh, man. So on, on that note, I think uh, we're going to move on to our listener feedback section because you guys were awesome and you have been sending in all kinds of your own personal demons. So um, this story actually came to us through Discord. So you can join the Joss Place Discord. It's Discord gg slash joss plays uh that's j-o-c-e plays and there is a section in there you can share either your pg demons or your uh i guess r-rated demons something that you wouldn't tell a 12 year old um so you can share in either one of those text channels or you can also send your demons to demonspodcast at gmail.com so uh, this one, I, I didn't 100% get explicit permission to use names and stuff, so I've edited the story a little bit um, just because I, I don't want to, um, I guess, uh, impact anybody's privacy or, or anything like that. Yeah. But it was shared publicly in the Discord, so I think it's okay, but uh, but just in case. Um, this one comes to us from, uh, we'll call him Listener A. <laughs> And uh, so uh, he says, I'd say my most prominent demon is at this time the fear of being a terrible father. This is super hard to put into words. I basically block all emotions and having a little girl scares the crap out of me because I don't want her to pick up on that. My wife rarely gets to see my emotional side and I'm afraid that this will affect the baby girl as she grows older. I'm getting better about showing that side and it's all because of her, but I still have a long way to go. So I think that this is actually quite a a common demon because uh, I know um, being in my early 30s that I have a lot of friends who are currently going through the basically the same thing, the the first or second child. And being I know like in my early 30s, if I had a child right now, I would just be panicking because I don't feel ready to be a a parent. So I can only imagine you know, people that I've grown up with are now having little ones. And I know that would be terrifying of me or to me. And I don't necessarily struggle with the same sort of things that um, our listener is struggling with. I don't have a fear of being a, a terrible mother because I'm too cold and emotionless. I have so many other fears tied to being a bad parent. But I think just fear of being a terrible mother or father is is very, very, very common. Well, and the yeah. fact that you've already acknowledged your demon is a huge step. You yes. know that you keep things inside. Um, your partner also knows this, which obviously, you know, hopefully they know you well enough to know that. <laughs> but I'm 95% sure from what I know of this person that they show their love in so many other ways. And I think that as you take the steps because you have your daughter, that your love will come through. And I think that you are like taking like the risks for you to show that, that you're going to get there. Like, don't stress about it. The fact that you are thinking about it and acknowledging it. Yes. It's different. Your personality is not like the in your face type parenting. Like 
you're getting there little by little. And she's tiny right now. I was going to say, you've got years before she even realizes. But (laughs) just the little things that you're already doing is like, obviously it sounds silly, but it's baby steps. (laughs) You're, you're growing as a person, as a parent, Mm -hmm. you know, just like it's your first kid. It's your first time being a parent. So there's that balance, you know, it's her first time being a baby too. So, I mean, (laughs) you're all learning, right? To be fair. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the emotional part, the emotional part of it. And we talked about this just a little bit before, um, you know, it's um, being an emotional person or allowing yourself to be, open emotionally is so much harder for men. And it's not because they're men. It's because we've taught them Mm. that they're not allowed to be. Yeah. And they can't be. And so, you know, you know, I think over time, I mean, my father is very much a, he's an emotional guy, but he had to get there. He had to come through that, you know, and allow himself to say it was okay for him to get upset and to cry, um, to feel emotion and, and, and show emotion in front of me and my sister, um, you know, to like, you know, get choked up at a movie or, you know, that (laughs) kind of thing. And so like, nevermore put it, it's little things, little things that you could do. And if you feel like you get that little that welling up in your chest, when you see her do something amazing or she smiles at you, you know, Consciously give yourself permission to feel it Mm -hmm. because, you know, the three of us like, okay, so (laughs) let me just put this like I said, we're all highly emotional people. Um, I am so highly emotional that I've been self-taught to stop it. (laughs) And I'm just now like just crying on camera just before. I could, if if you were two, three years ago, I could not do it. I would not allow myself to do it. It was too like it was mortifying. It was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. How could you do that? You know, and I'm relearning. I'm relearning how to allow my emotions past the wall, past the wall that we build. And for men, guys, you guys are given it early on to say, don't be a wuss. Don't yeah. be a little girl. Don't do this. Don't cry. You're a wuss, you know? And I just, I, there, I have so much admiration for a man who can say I feel that emotion and I can get teary eyed at a movie I'm going to share a story please do (laughs) that he doesn't know I'm sharing but I'm going to share it anyway (laughs) it's because I think it's super endearing and I know every guy's different or whatever (laughs) I guess they're like different people (laughs) he doesn't cry very often but it's super sweet when he does because it's like, you know, like something really touching, like uh, like there's certain Pixar movies that are super sad. <laughs> yeah. Like something like that. Like I can like feel just by like holding his hand or whatever, like him take like that, like that deep breath because, you know, like it kind of hurts his heart. Like it's it's just little things like you you guys can have emotions like and yeah. you can, you know, like, for example, like. My grandpa was kind of like that man's man that didn't really talk like a whole bunch about whatever. But the way he like showed us that he loved us because he kind of like he lived up north in his cabin. So he wasn't always here. But just coming for special events like our birthday or, you know, Christmas, like send he'd always send a card. It would always be, you know, we might have the same one because I'm a twin. So but, like <laughs> even still, like he would almost always pick two separate cards, you know, not just buy the same one because it's the whatever, you know, granddaughter one, you know, he would go out of his way for that or he'd show up at our birthdays. It's little things where like, Mm -hmm. I know with like a kid versus a grandkid, it's a day to day thing, but you've acknowledged it. And once you do that, your eyes are open to seeing how you can, do more but still be you like I don't think you should completely change to be that like in your face parent like that's not needed you'll tell her and your loved ones how you care about them in your own way so Mm -hmm. keep doing what you're doing that's what I've got that's a beautiful way to put it you Mm -hmm. know but it's if if he wants to be more emotional to let that go you know it's actually going to be a process it's going to be a process that he needs to, to, to take conscious note of and say, you need to make sure that when you feel that feeling that you remind yourself that it's okay to feel that feeling and not to just go. <laughs> <laughs> Is that you killing you know? the feelings? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's like you squish it like bug. Uh. See, and I can't, I can't do that. Like the people who yeah. can kind of keep it, like my face shows that emotion like instantly. Like if I'm starting to get upset, like I can't hide it. I can't lie yeah. about it. Like I just, my face gives it away. I'm a horrible liar. So for future reference, if we ever play games and stuff, I'm horrible at lying. But seriously, my face just gives away all emotion. Like mm-hmm. he can tell instantly if something hurts me. And he's like, I know you're upset. You know, like we need to talk about it. Yeah. It's just everybody is different. And you've kind of got to figure out your way of handling it, depending mm-hmm. on what it is. So yeah, I, <laughs> the I, chat I, room is like all about Pixar sad yeah. movies. Right? <laughs> I fall Sorry. off every time. <laughs> yeah, up is ridiculous. Oh my god. Ugh. Yeah. We don't even need to. Yes. Uh, I I have a, a terrible, terrible up story for another day. But uh, I think we we've had enough. We've had enough downing for for today. So I won't I won't share it today. But at some point, uh, I'm sure that my terrible up story will will happen. But uh, yeah. So I think that's actually a really good. Uh, place to wrap it up for this week so uh, thank you ladies again for joining me Uh, like I mentioned off the top of the show we're getting some very positive feedback Um, a lot of people are really enjoying hearing a little bit more about us because obviously they know us from from different places a lot of people know me from specifically we had a couple people come in because I mentioned the show on Angry Chicken today and a couple people were like well this is different (laughs) like yes this is this is definitely a, a different experience from a lot of the stuff that at least uh, Nevermore and I have done in the past. I know it's it's similar to uh, to Triple T, but Jules is just such a fantastic resource for us to have here. So thank you, ladies, again for joining me. I am really, really enjoying the show. And if you're enjoying the show as well, remember you guys can send in your demons to demonpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter. You can find us. We are at Demons Podcast. We actually have a logo up there now, so we're 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 not an an egg. egg. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Yes, we we are not an egg. So uh, please do follow us over on Twitter at Demons Podcast. Uh, Jules, where can everyone find you? On Twitter, you can find me at Jules RPG. Um, you can find me on my other shows. Uh, Torrin Think Tank records Thursday nights. Twitch.tv slash Torrin Think Tank. And someday I'll go back to Case of the Mondays. <laughs> we try to do this Case of the Mondays with Pat Crane and I uh, from Convert to Raid. And that's on Mondays. Twitch.tv slash Zug, Z-H-U-G. So that's me. And Nevermore, where can everyone find you? I'm super boring. I only have one place where people can find me. You have I two. Figure- <laughs> I just wrote it in the notes. You have two. <laughs> so I'm on Twitter at quoted nevermore. And that's the best place you can find me other than in the discord. I hang out in there. So that, that's not the place I'm talking about. I am talking oh, about your super sorry. awesome Etsy store. She sells stuff at geek asylum, which I think I spelled totally wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Geekasylum.etsy.com is my geek asylum store. Um, and Ben's pointing at it. <laughs> oh, he's telling me to talk about it. Oh. Anyway, eventually, now that it, that uh, Ben got me the microphone and Jocelyn helped me pick out a camera and they and Jules and Joss have been helping me not be a noob, eventually I'm going to stream crafting stuff, but that's not happening yet. But eventually. Yay! And Jules, you have a box being shipped out this week, you bitch. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> And so when you do finally start um, streaming the creative stuff, that's going to be the same as your Twitter handle, right? Quoted Nevermore? I I don't know. I think I have, the, I think I have the... Yes, my Twitch handle is Quoted Nevermore, but I think I also have Geek Asylum as a Twitch. So I don't know. I don't know where it's going to be yet. We'll see. I haven't decided. But the best but. place then is uh, follow her on Twitter because she will be yes. tweeting out all the awesome crafting things when they happen. Yes. You can find me on Twitter and Twitch. I am at Joss Plays. That's J-O-C-E Plays. Don't forget to go into the Discord because all the Joss Plays fans are in there. It's super, super fun. Uh, you can also find everything that I am doing at JossPlays.com, which is also where episodes of this show are going to post once iTunes stops being a giant dick. <laughs> <laughs> but until then... Well, that's going to help. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> until then, you can find all of the VODs uh, on the Twitch channel, which again is at Joss Plays. So thank you everyone for hanging out with us tonight and thank you for helping us to slay our demons. 